all. Welcome to the Ground Game Podcast. I'm your host, Bushido Squirrel, and today we're going to be sitting down with Holly Hancock, who is a public defender and also running for a seat on the Superior Court of Los Angeles. Uh, how are you doing today, Holly? I'm doing great. Hello, Timothy. It's good to see you and meet you. Thank you very much for coming in. I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why you got involved in being a public defender and what your experience has been in that office. Okay, so yeah, I am in the public defender's office. Um, I've been there for 12 years. And I think I always came from a perspective of defending people. Before I was um, an attorney, I was a flight attendant at the um, well, one of the big airlines that apparently has problems with animals and, and overhead bins. But anyway, I was um, one of those people. And I got involved with the Association of Flight Attendants. So that's it. that was the union for those flight attendants. And I was de- defending them against, you know, termination or... Um, some kind of discipline for different reasons, you know, and sometimes it was just health reasons. They couldn't come to work. They, you know, they would get disciplined for that. So we had a lot of issues there. And out of that, I said, well, you know what, I'm going to go back to law school. And I think I'm going to want to defend people. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought it was going to be in the work sector, in in labor or employment. But um, it turned out that this is the, the, as as one of my uh, professors said, you know, you're going to get with the job that you get and so it was roughly in the same area and so defending people became um, the thing that I do in criminal law and um, it was the thing I'm passionate about. Um, I've been doing this for now 12 years. I got a really good um, training behind it. I got really good at at the Office of the Public Defender in LA County and I got really good, um, just really good people who were also passionate about helping and so this was in the mid 2000s and there was a lot of the laws had become more and more stringent we had um third strike laws we had um laws that were you know criminalizing really addiction mm-hmm. um and many laws seemed to in a way criminalize homelessness and you know people having issues of that kind which are really social issues mm-hmm. but um Sentencing had become longer, stronger, you know, the the war on drugs had become so much stronger and, and criminalizing it that um, we, you know, we were really fighting for people to not be going away or consistently going away time and time again, just this revolving door, especially if they were involved with drugs or, you know, addiction, et cetera. And I want to ask, so as a public defender, it seems like you see your job as more than just defending that client in the court. There's more that goes into that. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about to what that labor looks. Well, I look I look at the whole person, and that also includes, especially for the felony cases that are longer, that I'm looking at their families, I'm looking at what's going to happen to them in the future. You know, when you're defending, like during that same time, you know, um, it became the... Uh, thing of the day du jour to take a juvenile and put them in a felony or adult court and also that would mean they would be going into um, adult prison Um, so you know you had to look at where they were coming from you had to look at who was um, you know who was in front of you it wasn't just the person because they're they're gonna go in if if they're gonna go in if they're gonna take a plea you're trying to get the best plea if they're gonna go to trial you've got to know what your chances or odds are and what 
what can be the outcome. So you've got to look at the family. You've got to look at the family unit. If there is a family unit, what, you know, what can they do for themselves to help themselves when they get out, if they get out, how they get out. So it, it, it's, it's a lot of that as well. And um, I think that I look at every law, there's so many collateral consequences to going to prison. There's so many collateral consequences to really being a juvenile and being locked up during some of your very formative years. Mm-hmm. And um, so you really, um, I think you really, you work with social workers, you work with, um, if needed, mental health professionals, you work with, um, you do your own investigations. So you come from a position where you're looking at the whole and you don't just take what um, the prosecutor or the police agency has presented, you gotta do your own investigation. Mm-hmm. You got to see how far did their investigation go? Did it go far enough so that I can present something to the judge or present something to the jury about my client um, that they aren't going to know? You know, where where was their head when this happened? Where was, or if they weren't there, who was there? Was these just are these friends that they're hanging out with? What's happening? You know, so um, I think you look at that whole thing because really, criminal justice is going to affect the whole community. And when it became so, um, when the sentencing became so long and, and, and just stronger and, and enveloped so many different groups of people in a community, then everybody starts getting touched by it. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, this was a result of the voter, voter initiatives that have occurred, the propositions to start um, scaling back on some of this kind of uh, sentencing, you know. I, I was going to ask, with a uh, prison realignment here in California, which happened uh, around four years ago, I want to say, um, has that changed your job? Have you noticed a difference in the criminal justice system on the ground here in L.A.? Absolutely. I've noticed it from when I started 12 years ago to now. It's very different what we can... Uh, first of all, the third strikes law changed. I mean, they that became the third strike has to be a violent strike. It can't be something that's, you know, just they stole a pizza or whatever. It cannot be that petty theft. It cannot be that possession of a drug anymore. And um, many people were incarcerated 25 to life for that. That eviscerated many of the communities in Los Angeles County. And um, not just that, but just as you were saying, the realignment, the Prop 47s, the reducing many of the drug charges and many of the petty thefts to just misdemeanors you know so people can get out and people can get programs now to help them it is opening up I won't say it's totally great and perfect but it is um it's so different than it was in the 90s you know there's there's a lot of change and I'm very excited about it and this is part of the reason why when I started thinking about the bench um um campaigning to be a judicial officer, I started thinking about, you know, there are some things that I can do to help people because now these people are in misdemeanor court. Um, They can get a short-term sentence. They can do community service. They can do community labor. They can get back to the jobs that they have. Many people have jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, what happened was they'd go to prison, they'd lose those jobs, and they wouldn't be able to get a job back. So um, now you can. You know, you can think about should somebody stay in for a longer period of time or a shorter period of time if they're working, if they have children to reconnect with. I mean, there's, you know, this, a lot of that dumped many kids into the foster Mm -hmm. care system. Women going to prison, 
that went up something I don't know it was something astronomical like 700% you know more women yeah, went when, in prison I mean it was ridiculous when I worked for the documentary film company uh, Brave New Films we did a, a whole series on uh, incarceration and uh, specifically around women and there's so many more complicated issues when they're the primary child caregiver and for a lot of women the the person who may have been like their economic support or their partner in life had been taken away and incarcerated and that just set them up to suddenly fall into that same hole and I wanted to ask what kind of resources do you see coming from the city and the county to help with that as, as people are being given access to different forms of not retributive justice but like restorative justice is that being supported so i what i see is that the, the voter initiatives have brought a change to the kind of sentencing that people can get now they're going to have to start looking at the foster care system and reuniting these kids and children with their mothers and and even have if the fathers are coming back into the community so that they can be productive so that they what kind of jobs can they get yes that is the next step i see that as stage two as as phase two Mm -hmm. because the first phase is i think it just got so bad people people came up with these propositions you know you know uh activists or you know advocates and finally they got it reached a critical mass so they came up with these propositions you know there were several 47 57 um you know the third strikes rollback and so there were a lot of things that came up but also they started looking at hey people are being imprisoned and who's benefiting from this you know companies are benefiting from it you know it just became a whole you know started laying it out somebody's got to be benefiting from it why are we building all these you know prisons why are we sending people out of state to do prison time this is in california but you know yeah no and I, I know sending prisoners out of state like uh my my home state of arizona has a lot of out-of-state prisoners they have several private prisons filled with that and that's really bad for rehabilitation it it, it removes a lot of the ability for people to connect with their community and their family uh and i wanted to say what do you think can be done to sort of push back against that like do you think there's anything to be done to push back against the private prison sentence on the ground here Yes, I think that um, we still need the advocates to be coming out, and I think they should be focusing on families first. Mm-hmm. I, I think that needs to start, you know, so it also starts with, you know, working. Mm-hmm. You know, what impact is that having? Because there are many people who come into our system, they're working, and every day I see them, and they're worried about losing their job. If I don't get out today, I'm going to lose my job, or I may already have lost my job. That impacts that family. Mm-hmm. And, and if they are kind of, as, as, we've, um, as people know, now folks take pleas so that they can get out of jail. They take pleas so they can not go to prison. Mm-hmm. But by taking a plea, now you have a, a charge on your record. And that's still going to be looked at by landlords, by job. It's not like it used to be back, you know, in the 1950s. You get out and nobody knew. You could say, you know, you've got to check that box. I've had a felony. Or even now they look at what misdemeanors you have because they can go online and they can look at it. Yeah, know? no, I, I mean, even for where I work, when I apply to companies where I'm editing videos, they're asking me for a background check. And I know they're running a full background check on me. Um, and that's even though I don't have anything on my record, it's still a little bit scary and worrying what if something pops up. Uh, I want to ask, though, more in general, What's your opinion of the the court system here in L.A. County right now? Well, I think it. Um, I'm, I'm look. I look at everything, and I think first of all, I think it's a great system based on the people who are in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the way the system is, first of all, I think more people ought to go to trial. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can't 
you know, people are, again, afraid and they have to get back home. And many of them can't post bail. That'll lead to another short discussion about the the new Humphrey case where they're looking at cash bail and some um, some advocates are out talking about we need to have cash bail system where, you know, people, why should it only be rich people who get out? You know, they can get out for murder, you know, doesn't matter, depending their trial. So, you know, it's not like, you know, oh, if you post the bail, you can get out, you know, but um, mostly poor class, poor, poorer people or even middle class people can't post the bail. So they lose their jobs. They lose their contact with their families. But um, I'm sorry to get back to. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah. you know, for the state of the court, do you feel like it's it's being well supported, that it needs more resources to function? Um, I, is it staffed up enough? Because it seems like the people who are dedicated to this are very dedicated. Yes. And we could definitely use more people. And so I think they need more clerks. I think they need, you know, with the, all the cases that are coming in, the cases haven't, they, you know, prosecutors haven't staunched their flow of charging people. They just have to charge them a different way. So, you know, misdemeanor courts get a whole lot of cases that used to be felonies, but they haven't staunched their flow with that. You know, so, um, yeah, they need more every kind of person. Um, and I think they need to be opening more courtrooms now they have closed down many because of the you know economic downturn but really that didn't stop the prosecutors from thinking differently about how to charge so it just meant that more people had to do the the same amount of people or less people had to do more and a lot of those those prosecutors they're still their job is still evaluated on how many convictions they're getting how many people are going to jail so they they're not super invested in what happen if the courts are, are underserved or if they're able to get people through more more quickly on a, a plea agreement. Um, I was wondering, what kind of pushback can you give as a public defender? Are you guys just having to scrap for every case? Um, what kind of a fight does that look like um, for, for your daily job? No, I think that, um, well, we handle many more cases. That is true. But we are appealing a lot of things. And as these initiatives come through, as these propositions are passed, we are appealing things, and I think that that's what the public defender's offices need to be doing. They need to be stepping out and saying, look, you know, when you're filing this, you need to be thinking about um, there are many different charges for every case, you know, especially felony cases. So, you know, are we always going to be charging to the top charge? You know, are, is that what you're always going to do? And then we have to negotiate it down because that's pretty much what we do or go to trial. To, to win it, you know, and um, L.A. County Public Defender's Office has always been very good at um, trial stats are good. When we go to trial, it's very good. Um, we, we do much higher than across the country. So, um, and I mean, like, you know, we go to trial, we get about 40 percent is my understanding. Uh, we'll get not guilties and, and certainly we'll get reductions in, you know, whether it's the highest charge or the, you know, the charge that carries the most time is what I'm considering. So we do pretty well with that. But, you know, the, um, in terms of the court system, generally, you need to have um, judges with different perspectives. You know, that's my perspective my perspective, which is why I'm coming along. There's not, there aren't too many, for many years, you could only get district attorneys to be appointed to be judges. Now, they, uh, Brown has been appointing other people. He's been appointing either private or, you know, um, defense attorneys or public defenders. He hasn't, that, there are many, many judges who are still, that's their background is prosecution. Um, and that doesn't mean that they cannot 
be fair or that they weren't thinking that already, you know, when in their positions that they had with whatever district attorney's office it is. But um, it does mean you come at it from a different perspective. And so I, I come at it from a different perspective. I come at it from the questioning perspective. And I, and I say, you know, I always have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I always have to think, okay, these facts are over here that I've been given by the police or, you know, the prosecutor, and they filed it this way. And now I've got my client's facts. And then now I've got to look at, okay, well, what, what, what investigation do I need to do to come up with something that's the best solution mm-hmm. here? And I want to ask now, because that, that dovetails perfectly, um, for most people, they think of a judge and they think like law and order, just a guy sitting on a bench in a black robe who's there for just the trial and then sort of disappears. But there's a lot more work that goes into being a judge. I wanted to see what you see the main job of being a judge as and what you want to bring to the bench. Well, I think that the the judge can be the type who, and they can do I mean, they can do as much of it or as little of it as they want to do because they can really try to work things out between the two parties. I mean, that's that can be their role where they suggest things or, you know, they bring them into the, you know, into their um, quarters. They can ask, you know, look, uh, what what can how can we work this out? You know, mm-hmm. can you go talk to your head deputy? You go talk to yours, you know. That kind of thing they can do. They can be just as activists or non-activists, and many of them are non-activists, but they can be a little bit more activists. And also when they sentence, they can come up with certain things that that it's their province is sentencing. So, you know, they can ask for, look, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from both sides. What do you think this sentence should be? You know, they don't have to always go with one side or the other. So, I mean, it's it's there, their opportunity to, it's actually in the code, it's in the code of civil procedure that they have an opportunity to look at aggravators, mitigators, they have an opportunity to make a decision um, about what they want to sentence, how they want to sentence, they can do that. And so I just think that it doesn't tend to just be sit on the bench and forget about everything. It can be, you know, I'm a little more, working with the community here and you know and I've had judges like that so that's why I actually you know I look at people like that and I think about them and I say you know what this is something where I can actually do something different and make a difference you know I can actually ask for input from both sides I can actually ask and say you know let's let's come to a meeting of the ground here a meeting of the minds here mm-hmm. And when when you are a judge here, you are involved in some discussions with other judges as far as like funding and like budget requests and stuff like that. I imagine. Uh, what do you see as being your stance in that process? Like, what what do you want to do in advocating for more? I guess for advocating for the courts and advocating for a better judiciary in general. Right, and I I'm not that familiar with that whole aspect of things. I imagine there's a hierarchy just like anything else. Um, as a new judge, I don't know that I'd have that much impact, but I am for getting a few more courtrooms open. I mean, I think that that has its impact on how people go about their day and actually how they handle each case. I mean, if you have less cases to handle every day, you're going to you know, be able to sit down and think about how we can work this out. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's just a fact. I'm in a missed a very, I happen to be right now in a very busy misdemeanor court. I mean, we get to the end of the day and we're just 
really unfortunately pushing people through or saying, you know, not guilty because we need to handle this on a different day. Mm. So let's, you know, we won't take any pleas. We'll just be not guilty. We'll work on it tomorrow or the, you know, next week or something. Mm -hmm. So it, it gets tight, you know, but if you have less cases throughout the day, then you can start thinking in terms of, you know, how to work this out. Hopefully today, if not today, then you know, you kind of know you're going to head towards trial. It's more difficult when you are um, just trying to deal with the arraignment, the initial arraignment, and you and you can't get to whether or not you're going to go to trial. And I've noticed a trend here on the West Coast a little bit, especially in California, where uh, public defenders such as yourself are beginning to run for more uh, seats on the bench. I believe there are four uh, district attorneys in San Francisco that are running why do you think that is? Why do you think this trend is popping up now? Okay, so you said you said district attorneys, but you meant public oh, defenders. Oh, sorry. I, yes, yeah. yes. There are four public defenders, and they are actually running against incumbents. I happen to be in a, a an open seat. It was a seat that was uh, vacated by, uh, I think, a retirement. Now, why do I think that? Because I think this is the time. There's been so many different propositions that have gone through. There are, you know, things are changing, and uh, based on what the voters want, so I think that we'd like to see a changing bench. We want it to be more diverse. What happens with appointments? So you can get, there's two different ways to become a judge. You can be appointed, you can run, you know. So when you're appointed, you're appointed for a 12-year term, and then you have to run. But it's almost so unheard of that anybody runs against an incumbent. They'd have to be, you know, doing something really crazy. I don't think the four public defenders in San Francisco ran against any anybody specifically I think they just decided you know what we can never get appointed and that's because each area mm -hmm. each county has um, first its own kind of um, internal meeting of people who are on a on a committee within that county bar and then they look at that and they look at you and then they they process it forward to maybe a state bar committee that's also kind of a long they do lots more investigation etc and then ultimately and they may go through something else they re they reach out to the legal community but then ultimately it goes to the um, appointments secretary um, that is appointed by the governor mm -hmm. Pretty much when it gets to the appointment secretary, then they will give who they think the governor should appoint. OK, but before you even get there, you've got to get out of your county. Mm. you got to get out of your county people. And I think that what was happening in San Francisco, more so than in Los Angeles County, although could be the same. It's not like wide open for public defenders here. But, you know, but what was happening in San Francisco was the bench was very conservative. And so the. The people who were selected were very conservative. San Francisco as a whole, the electorate, is not conservative. And so people don't know much about who's this judge. They don't know. I mean, sometimes people don't vote for the judges, period, because they don't know who they are. And so I think that the public defenders had decided, you know, look, we're never getting out of these committees to even get to the appointment secretary ever. So that I think that was their frustration. That seemed to be their frustration. Um, with me, it's kind of the same thing. These committees are, they can, you don't know. Like you're not really told anything. You're not giving updates. Okay, yeah, you pass this committee. You're going to the next committee. I don't think that happens. People never know what they're doing. They're all kind of like secret committees or kitchen committees. <laughs> We're all like, what's up with that committee, you know? So I felt like, you know what, this is a good time to try it. 
And I don't want to wait like two years to get through these committees, you know, because it would go years, you know. And so I said, you know what, a short term is I know we're having an election in June, mm -hmm. you know, so whatever committee, then there is a committee that um, did look at me for the L.A. County Bar, but they're going to do it. They're going to do it now. They're going to give me some feedback and then I'm going to go to the electorate. You know, it's not going to be whatever their feedback is. Actually, I'm going to go to the electorate because, you know, I don't have to like wait to go to the next committee and wait to get to the appointment secretary and then wait and see if the governor wants to. Now, I may still do that if I don't win. Yeah. I may still go through that process, but this is very definitive. And so I think also that's why people are doing it. It's definitive. It's almost like, for me, it's almost like going to trial. It's oh, almost like sense. saying, you know, there's people out here. here. Hello, people. This is my story. This is my, what I'm about. And, you know, you vote. And the, the judiciary here in California, I think in anywhere in the United States, uh, is very entrenched, it seems. Uh, a little bit of a, a, you know, boys club, as it were. Uh, and you seem like you're a really big advocate for diversity of opinion and just diversity in general on the bench. I was wondering if you could explain why. Well, I just think that um, the, the, the arc will, if, if everybody's conservative, the arc will trend toward getting more and more and more conservative. And it has, you know, and, and, you know, over the last 30 years, it's got more and more, built more and more prisons because, you know, we got more and more of these bad people out here. And it's like, you know, America's people can't be worse than everybody else in every other country in the world. So that's just 3.5 billion here in uh, LA County for three new prisons. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it just, we can't be the worst people in the world. We just can't be, you know, and, um, and I mean, it's so it's really clear, you know, let's have a world view about things, you know. But I think at the arc is just you start from a prosecution standpoint. You start from how many people can we put away? You start from that, you know, these these are the bad guys. Let's put them away for as long as we can. And not really thinking in terms of, OK, but they've got to at some point they're going to come back. A lot of these guys are going to come back. Now what? You know. A lot of the women are going to come back. What's happening to their children in the meantime? You know, so they're just, it's, it's, those thoughts don't really, you've got to have a different diversity of thought about how, are we trying to make whole the community? I mean, even though your, your concept might be protection, and I understand that, but are you really trying to make the community whole? You know, are you trying to heal it, you know, so to speak? You know, it's not just, uh, you know, uh, punishment, but it needs to be rehabilitation as well. Uh, and what's it been like so far running for this office? Uh, because judicial campaigns are a little bit different than like congressional campaigns. They're not as high uh, visibility. It's a little bit harder for you to say, I'm going to vote this way or that way. Uh, that could cause problems at trial, uh, trial I imagine. So how are you uh, entering in and engaging with the electorate? I am getting out to different... Um, associations, organizations that may, I mean, because first of all, I may not be in, in a criminal court. Maybe I'll be in evictions court. Maybe I'll be in child dependency court. You oh, know? So, so, so winning the seat doesn't guarantee where you're going to get tasked. No, oh, it doesn't. You can be anywhere and you can be anywhere in the county of Los Angeles, which is huge. Yes. So for us, that's huge. But so I, I go to different organizations. I speak, you know, I say, you know, look, I can give you my opinions about whatever I think, but you know, I don't know what I would do with a specific case per se, 
but I think people still want to hear from you. And um, that's that, that's really how I'm going about it. It's, it is very interesting, though, because I didn't I've never run for anything before, you know, clearly. And um, I didn't know that it would be so kind of far ranging, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the, and that's just where I am with them. Just kind of getting out here, meeting as many people as I can. And what happens is you get you try to get on slates. So you try to meet people who are in the electorate, and um, they are running for something. And then you'll try to get on their slate. Mm-hmm. And how you get on their slate, there are many slates. And then there's other groups that'll have slates. All these associations, organizations, groups, advocacy groups, they'll have slates as well. And you pay to get on those slates. Mm-hmm. So it's some of it is how much money you have mm-hmm. so you do have to do fundraising or have your own money and some which i was amazed about but then it, but but then it's even even then some people have a lot of money they've been known to spend almost a million dollars and still not win yeah so just and so that's part that part of it is i think getting out there and saying this is what i'm about this is who i am and trying to get endorsements from the newspapers etc have you learned anything kind of ranging across the Southland? Because L.A., you know, we have a, a bigger population than 40 states. So I imagine you've met a diverse range of people. I have. And um, I think people are just always interested to know, wow, there's a judge that I can vote for. I don't even think people, you know, the more you get out there and they're very embracing, you know, of of you, if you are there to talk to them and say, look, I care about the community. Mm-hmm. So I care about people. I care about if you're coming in, if you're a landlord or if you're a tenant or if you're, you know, you know, any, any, any other kind of thing. It could be civil cases. I mean, you know, I, they need judges there too. So I don't know where I'm going to be, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I've had like, Today, there was one, they sent me something about, you know, animal rights or animal Mm -hmm. protect. I mean, yeah, there are animal, um, there are cases Mm -hmm. that are animal cruelty cases. So, you know, people have an interest in what you are going to say or think about certain areas. And especially with the the current Department of Justice and Attorney General we have at the federal level, uh, there's a lot of pushback because it seems like a lot of the reforms that, that you've been excited by and that California has championed are now getting pushback from the federal law or from the, the federal authorities, uh, what would you like to see the courts do about that? I think they should be paying close attention to the fact that these were voter initiatives, you know, the, and, you know, whoever you are, whatever party you're with, I mean, these were voter initiatives. So, that you know, there's, if, how bad does it have to be before people say, and most people don't care, you know, most people are not in criminal court. Yeah. So they don't care. I mean, you know, and I understand that. But how bad does it have to be for people to say, you know, I don't think that people who are, you know, using drugs should be going to prison time and time again. I don't think that, you know, children should be, you know, held life without the possibility of parole, you know, essentially. You know, I don't think whatever they did, we don't we don't think the same as we thought when we were 16. We don't think the same as we thought when we were, you know, 12 or whatever. So I I think it had to be pretty bad for people to say you know, like we we had to reach a critical mass for just the average person to say, and I'm and I'm going to vote for that. Yeah, 
and in pretty big numbers too. Like those those were not super close uh, decisions. Even Prop Forty Seven, which got a lot of pushback from the law enforcement community, won pretty handily. Uh, what what have you been able, or what would you like to see if you win this this seat? What would you like to be able to carry in, like carry with you with that momentum? Like what? Um, are you committed to trying to do uh, with that seat? I'm just committed to trying to, you know, follow the law that that the the community and the people seem to want. That's you know, and to really look at that and and try to um, render decisions or render sentencing that is, you know, um, helpful to the community. That's going to be um, positive, a positive thing for the community now and. Positive can be protection. There are still people who need to be away. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not, so I don't want it to be like this whole thing is just, you know, Holly's like, and we're going to throw open the jail doors. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. There are people who still need to go away, but there are just so many, there's so much middle ground there and there's so much gray area there that um, I just think people need to be calm and considerate and not um, and, con and consider all the options, not just, you know, okay, throw away that key. I, I think that's been more the outlook than not over a long period of time. And I just think voters have spoken. Yeah. And, and finally kind of decided they're, they're not really big fans of that. Um, I guess I would ask as, as we're getting towards the end here, what is one thing you would like people to know about the work the public defenders are doing? Because this is a really important office here that serves a very underserved population, but I feel like most people uh, are kind of unaware of it. They won't in their daily lives or, or any time in their life come into contact with it, but you guys are doing very important work. Yeah, we um, basically, you know, we're upholding the Constitution for our clients. And we're seeing to it that they don't just go down the rabbit hole when they come into court. And that's, people are frightened, people are confused, people don't know what's going on. They've never been there, many people have never been there before. Um, we, you know, we encompass not just indigent and poor people, although I'm very proud to represent them. I'm very, very proud to represent um, the homeless and population and people who um, struggle with, to make a living, but um, we also encompass people who are middle class, working class people, and um, you know I think that we do that every day. We do we have a lot of cases every day. I think we because we're in the courtrooms so much, we get a good idea of what that judge or what this city attorney or district attorney will kind of do for us you know on a short term and we have a pretty good idea of therefore which cases need to go all the way to trial and I think and I think because you're working there every day that just gives you that perspective gives you that insight and um that and so yeah that, that's the kind of work we do you know it's, it's the kind of work where you don't expect to be there but you're there and we can give you some common sense advice about this legal system mm -hmm. And a, a very strong advocacy, it's, it seems like, for whoever is lucky enough to be your client. Well, not really lucky. Um, but uh, uh, to round this out, uh, is there any place people can go to learn more information about your campaign or any place you'd like to direct people for possible donations, volunteering? Yes. Um, I have, uh, you know what, I'm still putting up my website for mm -hmm. that. 
And so I'd love to get back to you about no, that because that's, that's just I'm just yeah. pulling that all together. Yeah, we can always yeah. put that up. Um, yeah. Because I know people, uh, especially friends of mine that are more in touch with policing issues uh, as marijuana has gotten legalized. And honestly, the problem with um, people not having housing in California, that becoming a daily thing that you're seeing, people are more and more interested about figuring out how the criminal justice system works because it seems like a black box. And I'm really happy to see people capitalizing on that momentum and bringing new diverse voices to that race and hopefully to the bench. So I wanted to thank you very much for stopping by and chatting with us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Of course, and hopefully we'll chat with you again. All right. And thank you guys very much for joining us on the podcast this week. As always, we're back every Saturday morning. And if you want to, you can check us out every week on RadioJustice.org, Thursdays at 630. If you're interested in helping Ground Game do more of our work, you can surf over to Crowd Pack and give us a sustaining donation. We rely on donations to keep our stuff running. We're not very expensive, so we don't need a whole lot. But every dollar that you can give us is a huge, huge help. Also, don't forget to check out knock-la.com for some of the really great local LA coverage we've been doing. Thank you guys very much. Have a great week.